Well, good morning, everyone. So, an American philosopher called Glenn Pettigrove on the subject of forgiveness wrote, without forgiveness, our relationships are bound to be short-lived. And it's, as Owen said, forgiveness that I'm going to be talking about today as part of our togetherness module in our pattern teaching series. I'm going to come back to this quote in just a moment. But last week, Rich talked to us about cultivating deep friendships. The headlines were, be wise, where and how we invest our energy, going deep and not just wide. Be aware, giving people the benefit of the doubt and looking after one another. Be intentional with our efforts and be committed to community. If you've not watched it, I'd encourage you to do so because implementing these things goes a long way towards creating healthy, happy connections with those around us. However, we all know it's not as simple as that. We live in a world full of fallible, imperfect people, people like me, and uh, I'm afraid to say people like you. None of us have got it all sorted. None of us are perfect. So there's a real truth in the words, without forgiveness, our relationships are bound to be short-lived because people have a tendency to hurt one another. So we need not only the proactive stuff that Rich was talking about last week, but we need a response, a reactive approach to put it all back together when things degrade, when it begins to go wrong. And forgiveness, I would argue, is the key. Before we get into this in some detail, I want to be really clear about something. Forgiveness for many people, in fact, I would argue if we're doing it properly for everyone, is painful. It's a difficult thing to do. That might be a massive understatement for you. And forgiveness is also hugely complex. And the way in which we deal with the hurts that come our way will vary massively according to the kind of situation we're dealing with. Was the offense small or significant? Did the person show remorse or repentance? Was there an attempt at making reparation for what they've done to you? Is it in the very recent past, or is it something historic? Are we talking about a one-off offence or a persistent uh, abuse, a persistent pattern of behaviour that you are dealing with day in, day out? Is it a specific person or something more insidious, like an institutional uh, wrong that's been committed? Did you or do you know and trust the person that's hurt you, or were they a stranger to you? Is the person someone you still see regularly? Do you have to bump into them every day at work? Do you live with them? Or are they still even alive? All of these different situations require a different response. And because of this complexity in the vast majority of cases, simply saying you've just got to let it go doesn't come close to a pastoral response. When we think about today, as an example, the abuses of power 
the mass kidnapping of black men, women, and children from the African continent for the sake of white man's wealth generation, and the ongoing inequality black and minority ethnic people continue to experience in our country to respond to this or any other kind of enormous present or historic pain or abuse with, you gotta forgive because Jesus says so, is catastrophically naive. When it comes to things such as racism, sexual abuse, or entrenched conflict, such as we've seen in Northern Ireland or in the Middle East, forgiveness is a process, a painful, long process that often will take a lifetime of dialogue, mediation, engagement with restorative justice, counseling, therapy, etc. In complex cases, we must allow breathing room for anger, for grief, for lament, and for comfort. If people are going to be courageous enough to attempt genuine forgiveness and or reconciliation, but attempt it, we must. And so as I approach this, I want to encourage us to think about forgiveness, not as a kind of discreet yes or no, done it or not done it, but as a direction of travel a heart attitude that we have in general, which we work towards with every ounce of strength we have and with the help of the Holy Spirit. In other words, there may be things which we've experienced that are so awful we can't even imagine beginning to try to forgive someone. And that's understandable. If you've been hurt, it's wrong. Forgiveness isn't about justifying what people have done to you but we must pray for the desire and the strength to go there. A friend of mine this week, as I was talking to him, described this as a meta-desire. We must at least want to want to go there. Why is this so important? To me, this is such an important topic. I'd go as far, in fact, as to say if I could only ever preach one sermon to a church or to the church in in that context for the rest of my life, it would be on this subject. It's a pretty bold statement. But if I was to describe the mission of God across the whole of human history in three words, I would probably say it's something like reconciliation through forgiveness. Reconciliation through forgiveness. In the Bible, we see the first two chapters of harmony, and then we see 1,186 chapters of God trying to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. In the scripture we read just a few moments ago, the Apostle Paul describes our sins everything that we have done, everything that we continue to do, everything we will ever do that hurts other people and offends God as having been forgiven, cancelled, taken away, nailed to the cross. In and through the cross of Jesus, God, in an act of extraordinary love, found a way that he could offer us forgiveness whilst satisfying his own standard for justice. To be a Christian is first to have a humble response to the gift of God's amazing forgiveness towards us. As Owen said earlier on, it is all gift. We cannot presume the forgiveness of God. 
We don't deserve it. That's why grace is grace. It's a gift from him. We need to first adopt that posture, Lord, I don't deserve this. Thank you for your mercy. That's where it all starts. We cannot be Christians without that attitude. Forgiveness is this gift. And that's why a few verses later uh, from verse 12, Paul writes a huge therefore. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. In other words, because you've been forgiven, as God's people are holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with one another and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Forgiveness cannot stop with us. It's something we have to pay forward. We absolutely must. And if we don't, the consequences actually for us and for those around us are drastic. My first vicar was an amazing man and he worked very closely with drug addicts, alcoholics, some very broken people, broken lives. And that's where Christians are called. We're called to be in the middle of the darkness surrounded by the hostile, surrounded by enemies of God. And he said, if you're going to work with the poor and the broken, Andy, you better learn to forgive quickly because hurt people hurt people. And he's absolutely right. Emotional pain inflicted by other people, if not dealt with well, is, a devas- is devastating to us and to those around us. Um, I'm going to share with you a model that he shared with me. So there's a slide that I think is going to go up. Uh, If we could have that, that's brilliant. There's a bit of me in the background as well, which is ace. Um, This is called the emotional mug. And uh, if you imagine that human beings are like a vessel, like a glass maybe, that we can kind of contain only so much emotion, just imagine yourself as that for a moment. You know, you may have woken up those days where you just feel full of the Holy Spirit and full of positivity, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It wells up in us. And when it does, it overflows. We can't help but be positive and share that. And it ripples out into the world. And people just know that we're full of, full of something that comes out. The flip side of that is that I think that hurt is probably about the most powerful emotion that human beings can experience. Because when we're hurt, our cup starts to fill up with negative stuff. It then turns into anger. Anger is perfectly natural, it's perfectly permissible. Anger is not a sin, it's okay. But we have to begin to deal with our cup that is filling up. If we don't begin to deal with anger when it's at that stage, it begins to morph and turn into other things and fill up. It turns into resentment that we hold on and we say, I'm going to make you pay. I'm going to make you feel the way you made me feel. It turns into bitterness and hatred, that deeply entrenched negative feeling towards people. What about fear? You know, how often have you been hurt by somebody and you think, I just don't want to see them. I don't want to go where they're going. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to go home. I don't want to be where they are because if I'm where they are, it's going to hurt. And because on some level we know there's something we can do about it, it turns into guilt and stress 
And before we know it, our mug is full. Our capacity is full. And so it overflows, and it overflows as stuff that looks different to what went in. It's depression and sleeplessness, anxiety. We turn to drug use, alcohol use, pornography, gambling, frequent relationships, overeating, physical violence, verbal violence, excessive criticism. People that are just negative and just tearing people down all the time. That comes from somewhere. Retail therapy, we can try and deal with it through shopping. We can deal with it in all manner of ways. But the problem with this is that it all ends up feeding back into our cup. It hurts ourselves. It hurts other people. Hurt people really do hurt people. Why do we need to walk in the direction of forgiveness? Because if we don't, we become part of the problem. If we hold on to anger, resentment, and bitterness, we become exactly like the people that hurt us in the first place. We become the very thing that we hate. And round and round we go. And our home, our schools, our work environments all become a mini Northern Ireland that we carry around with us wherever we go. My ethics tutor at Bible College, he wrote a piece about forgiveness, and in it he said this, to forgive one another is to share a gift God has given to both the forgiver and the forgiven alike. And to do so in the context of the larger story of God's reconciliation, of the whole cosmos, of God's self in Christ. Isn't that just a huge vision for forgiveness? The reconciliation of a whole cosmos. When we forgive someone, we're helping God in the reconciliation of the cosmos. You know what? This reminded me an awful lot of our church's vision statement. Joining God in the renewal of all things. And I would say either we do everything we can to try and live this thing out or we take it off the website. We can't have that as our vision statement if we're not going to participate in this thing, as hard and as painful as it is. Having a forgiving disposition, having forgiveness as a way of life, a direction of travel, is way more about just us making up with our friends. It is a signpost to people of the kingdom. The way of the world is an eye for an eye. The way of the world is make and pay. They don't deserve, deserve it. The way of Jesus, the way of the kingdom, is a totally different thing. And if we as believers aren't even willing to want to want to forgive... I would go as far as to say you cannot call yourself a Christian. It is that serious. Okay. Somewhere, somehow the rubber here has got to hit the road, hasn't it? We've actually got to do it. And I think in one of the Alpha videos, maybe uh, Nicky Gumbel quoting C.S. Lewis, I think, um, he said... Um, you know, everybody thinks forgiveness is a great idea until you've got someone to forgive. <laughs> and and I, I totally get that. I think that's really true. You know, how many of you were actually taught how to forgive someone? 
I don't think I was. I was never, never taught, never shown. It's always just like, just let it go. But actually, real forgiveness is deeper than that. We have to engage with the pain. And so I'm going to tell you what I was taught. I'm going to tell you how I do it. There are five things, five kind of stages, I think, for forgiveness. And the first of those is remembering our own need. It starts with that humility thing again. We have to remember that we ourselves are people in need of forgiveness. I have blown it. I have hurt people. I, yeah, have have kind of spread the ripples of pain in the world. I don't deserve God's forgiveness, and yet he's given me that gift. We remind ourselves of God's grace afresh. The next thing is that we need to begin to identify with those people that have hurt us. We need to remind ourselves that whoever's hurt us is also another human being affected by these ripples. There's somebody else who's been hurt. That's probably why it's coming out of them and directed in your general direction. The third thing is we can thank Jesus that he can forgive them. You know, sometimes you might be in a position where you're still just like, you know what, I just can't, I can't forgive them, Lord. I can't do it. But we know that Jesus can. He's stronger than us. And before I've prayed to God and I've said, Lord, I can't forgive that person, but you can. And going through this process, is, it's like a process of softening our heart, of conditioning us, of tilling the soil to get us to a place where we can do it. You might not be able to forgive someone, that's okay, but you can do these things to work your way towards it. We've got to want to want to forgive. The next thing, the next step really, is where we actually begin to do it. That we pray to forgive them from the heart ourselves. And I would suggest you know, write down the things that people have done that really hurt you. Go through a process. Actually go back to your childhood. Remember, write the things down and systematically go through, speak it out. There's power in saying it loud as well and say, Lord, I forgive this person for this. It made me feel whatever, dirty, afraid, scared, sad, desperate hopeless, whatever it is. You engage with the pain. You can't just do blanket forgiveness and go, Lord, I forgive everybody for everything they've ever done to me. It doesn't work. We've got to remember the pain and forgive that. That's what we're doing. And then the last thing, which is the most difficult thing, is to pray blessing over them. If you can bless those who persecute you, if you can genuinely pray a prayer of blessing over the people that have hurt you, you know you're on the right track. You know that you're pretty much there, that you've actually begun to let things go. You know, you may get stuck on step one and two for ages, and that's fine. I promise you, though, if you do this, it will get better. If you practice this, you'll soon find that you just naturally become a more forgiving person as well. If you practice this, if you practice forgiveness, you'll become somebody that just forgives easily. Things roll off your back. It doesn't kind of go in. It doesn't penetrate as much. You know, the old adage of forgive and forget is rubbish. I just want to tell you that. If someone's really badly hurt you, you will almost certainly never forget. But what forgiveness does is it allows us to remember without pain. We can remember without hating them. In just a moment, I want us to have a minute with God. 
and just uh, leave a bit of time for prayer. But I wanted to share a personal testimony with you. I didn't hear this stuff until I was 24. And when I did, it kind of hit pretty deep for me. And forgiveness has been part and parcel of the kind of Christian journey that I've had. It's been a bit of a marker of my adult life. Um, since becoming a Christian, I've had various hurts. I've been spat at by kids as a youth worker and rejected by people as a debt counselor. Um, been hurt by people close to me. At one point, I was uh, left with post-traumatic stress and um, was on antidepressants for a bit as well. But this really works. And, you know, some days it's really difficult. There's people that I know who I can't yet pray blessing over. It's just too hard for me. But I will, because I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep practicing. Because God's given me a gift that I don't deserve. And therefore, I owe it to Jesus. You know, the whole thing about friendship is really important. And since I've moved to Worcester, I've found some amazing people, some amazing friends who've actually helped me a lot with this. And um, the love of Christian community, um, some pretty amazing counseling, <laughs> counseling and therapy, and a commitment to forgive is what's got me through. And as I said, I just want to encourage you, this isn't a thing that isn't painful. It really is. It's really very painful. But I actually think that the alternative is worse. And so please try this, because actually if we don't, then we're just like the world. We need people to see Jesus. We need people to see that we are different. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I want to pray for all of those who are today in pain. People who've been hurt. Lord, I want to pray 